Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for the Open Mic Podcast with your host, Brett Allen. Broadcasting live from the Bay Area studios, here at the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. And of course, you never know who may stop by. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new edition of the Open Mic Podcast. It's Brett Allen. Man, oh man, has it been a long time? Well, it's actually been since July that we signed off, and there were a lot of things going on. This is a brand new feed, a brand new platform, and we are essentially starting over. The show got deleted off its current platform and it was just a huge hassle to try and recoup everything and get it going so we are starting from scratch we have a brand new interview today i'm excited for you to check this out i recorded this back in july melissa vale she is an influencer and she is a real estate mogul out of new york and she is hilarious and a lot of fun and i'm excited for you to check out that interview here in just a couple minutes but before i play it i just want to say thank you to everybody who has reached out out of concern who was curious as to what was going on, my good friend Eric Hunley and Randy Jones, who both have amazing podcasts, Unstructured and Jones.show. They have just been chatting with me along the way. It's a long story, but uh, I had some health issues. I had some other things going on that I had to deal with. And it just, everything paused for a very long time. And it just took me a minute to get back to a place where I knew I wanted to do a show. So, if you are a loyal Open Mic Podcast listener and you're hearing this on a different feed, just to kind of let you know, this is all starting from scratch. This would actually technically be considered episode one, but it's really episode 160-something. But anyway, we're starting from scratch. It's good to be back. It's good to be on the microphone. We'll have episodes regularly and weekly. We've got some amazing interviews lined up, but today... This is my interview with Melissa Vale. Cheers. Well, I am excited to have you on the podcast again. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you you're in you're an influencer. You do fashion. You do a lot of things, but that's not always what you've done. My understanding is that you went to law school and you have a law degree. <laughs> you went to Harvard. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you? Like it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I got that was a legally blonde joke. Uh, Yeah, get that. Um, Not that original, but I have to do it. (laughs) That was funny. Are you surprised Um, that I got that? That's funny. (laughs) Um, No, I I feel. At this point, I feel dumb saying it because it's so not. I feel like it's so not original. It's like you know a greatest hits kind of thing. But I I still (laughs) can't. I still can't resist saying it. But yeah. Um, no, it was great. I love that movie. Um, in fact, I've, I've it's on all the time. It's seriously, you know, there's if, if someone were to name, ask me to name like ten movies that are. I actually did. A, I didn't include that in my post, but I could have if, to name like five or ten movies that are on all the time. It's like Scarface and Groundhog Day and Legally Blonde. It's like I don't know. It's definitely up there, and it's never not on somewhere. <laughs> like it's on E or it's on, you know ovation like whatever tbs any so many things yeah yeah and then the, actually, like it'll be on and then they'll like repeat it sometimes that's funny yeah. i actually saw the musical which was even better than it was so cool to see i never saw it i i, I wanted to see it but i never saw it if you ever yeah. get the chance i would recommend it because it's a lot of fun um it's, it's still little... it's still on right 
Yeah, yeah, they're in New York. So there's your homework for the weekend when you're not doing a million other things. Go see Legally Like this weekend. Oh, I'm so excited for a long weekend. I feel like I have not But um, they were kind of the first, one of the first, I feel, to do like a movie into a music. I don't know. Maybe they're not. But you have Mean Girls and you have Pretty Woman and you have none of which I've seen, by the way. But, um, you know, you have a lot of things like that but i feel like they were one of the first because this was like over 10 years ago wasn't it yeah yeah they actually were um natalie lander who was on my show a year ago she's an actress and she was on tv she was on the middle i know she voiced goldie locks from goldie and bear on the disney channel not to name drop but she was actually they did a mtv i think it was did a show where they were trying to cast Elle woods and she was one of the originals who oh my god i remember i remember i remember this okay yeah, so she's she's actually one of the originals uh who auditioned for that role and that's kind of like was a start for her her dad is david lander uh from uh lenny from or squiggy from happy days so uh, oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah you should not only yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> You went to Harvard. How did you, like, what, where did the transition come from, from that to doing what you're, do, what you're doing now? Like, how did you decide, you know, this is what I want to do versus having have gone to Harvard and done all of that? Like, what, what right. breaking point for you? Right. I'm like, hmm, the long story, the short story, or somewhere in between, I guess. Whatever you want <laughs> to share, it's up to you. I'll try to make it as concise as possible. It's not always easy for me, but I'll try so, um, you know, I, I worked in law firms or a law, well, they, ha- they have summers, which you do um, in between your years in, in law school, which is like camp. It's totally nothing like your real life experience in a law firm. You know, you get out at six, they take you to two hour lunches, you have like all these activities and all, you know, all this stuff It's basically like summer camp, but like in, you know, upscale version. So it's nothing like it, but they, they do that to, you know, lure you in. <laughs> and then you start working full time and you're like, oh, <laughs> um, which would be fine if, you know, you know, what do they say? Like, if you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like work. But I mean, you know, you're doing, especially as a, a first or second year associate or something. I mean, you're doing such dry work. I mean, it's basically, you're basically like proofreading stuff and, you know, doing like all sorts of very, like, you're like, you know, a secretary, it's, it's, it's kind of secretarial work, honestly. It's not like stuff that's, you know, it's not like you're in court. It, you know, it's not like what Elle Woods is doing. It's not like you're going to court and like, you know, I object. And you know, it's, it's not like that. I mean, you're just doing very like dry work and staying there all hours. And, and like, it's weird because you work long hours, but it's like, you're not even really needed at the same time. I mean, uh, you know, a paralegal could do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this, the funny thing is because paralegals actually bill time and a half and, you know, associates take a flat. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a good salary, um, for some, especially as someone of that age, but it's a flat fee. So I think actually ultimately they, I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I guess as I guess they bill, you know, like they build them more because we're associates doing it, mm-hmm. but we might ultimately be paying less per, if you like broke it down per hour, associates might actually be paid less than paralegals because paralegals work on, you know, overtime and things like that. Um, whereas, you know, 
if you actually broke down by the hour associate salary, it's like not very much at all. Um, no, but at I all. Mean, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like going around, I'm digressing a bit, but anyway, I mean, it's just, you know, it wasn't for me. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I was an actress and things like that when I was young. So, I mean, I always had you know, the creative thing in my blood and, so I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't last very long because I just didn't, you know, I, I really, just, you know, it was not for me. <laughs> I mean, I gave it a shot, you know, um, because I felt like, you know, I had to, it was only right. Um, but it wasn't for me. And so, you know, I decided to do other things. So I started, you know, writing and started consulting with different you know, designers and things like that, freelance writing, covering events and philanthropy and things like that. Um, and so that, that, you know, that's kind of how, um, that happened. And then, um, you know, I started working in real estate and then, um, because I've always had like a passion for New York real estate, um, kind of knowing like every block and every nook and cranny and every, you know, every idiosyncrasy of every block and building and things like that. But, um, what was I going to say? Then, you know, I was promoting my social media channel, my, my Instagram, basically, to promote properties and things like that, because I mean, it's really strongly encouraged to do so. And what kind of and then it just evolved, because I mean, what was happening was that my outfit of the day post, my fashion post, which was just, you know, my husband taking pictures of me, uh, you often on a way to a, a real estate showing and they were often on Sundays. So I hash, I would hashtag Sunday showings and it was with my iPhone six. They were very questionable quality, but they would get more engagement than anything else. And, you know, when I saw that I was growing a lot and, and those posts were really, you know, they got the most comments, got the most likes. I, I'd see the most increase in followers per day. And, um, you know, if I had never done anything in that industry or that realm before, you know, maybe I would have been a little more hesitant to just jump in there. But I, I, a few months down the line, I just sat down with myself and I said, well, look, you know, this is where I, I'm seeing the most signs of growth. And like, I know this industry exists because I don't live under a rock. And, um, you know, I, I would probably be doing myself a disservice if I didn't at least give this a good college try. So that's kind of how this incarnation um, started because obviously there's, you know, been the fashion industry and, and all that in many different incarnations. This is fairly recent. So um, yeah, that's, I guess the long and the short of it. I hope I made that. And we're kind of burying the headline here, not to backtrack too much, but you have a theater background. You were on Broadway. Have you mm-hmm. Brighton beach memoirs, which I think I mm-hmm. saw you years ago have you ever considered going back to that at some point because you t- I mean the thing is but I mean the thing is, I don't know if you is, but I was I was in it towards the very end um so I don't I, you know it depends when you saw it and blah 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 I was actually in it with um he is Robert Sean Leonard he was who you know was in Dead Poets Society and he was mm-hmm. on um House um and he was really nice you know he was really nice and whatever um but basically and you know and I model too um basically when it was time I you know I did it all throughout grade school high school all that I was always going out I mean modeling was was great because you know I was tall and so that so that was good but like when you're 
a child actor or a preteen actor or whatever. They love, they love you short. <laughs> sure. So everyone is, everyone is like, every, you know, when you're an adult, they like you to be tall and model-like or whatever. When, you, when you're a kid, they like everyone to be like everyone, all the major kid actors are like, I just, <laughs> so I, I like that because no, it's an advantage because you're going out for younger. So if you're like, I don't know, say 14 and you're playing 10 or you're auditioning for a 10 year old, like you're obviously going to be an advantage because you know, you've had more experience or more sophisticated and whatnot. So they like that. But anyway, for me, it was just the opposite. I mean, I wasn't even that tall because I was kind of a late grower or developer, but for the business, I was always tall. So I always went out for older. So I was like nine playing 13. I mean, it's crazy. But basically, so I, I did it up until it was time to go to college or really until it was time to like buckle down and, you know, junior high school prep for the SATs and all that apply to college because it really was, you know, it was really, well, modeling, especially you have to choose because sure. it, you know, it comes to a point where you have to go like to Paris or London or, you know, do test shots. And it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. I mean, I guess for acting, you could go to like Barnard or something and go on auditions and things like that. But I didn't really want, you know, I wanted to have a real college experience. I don't sure. want to be like, going to college in the city and then like running from class to go to an audition. I want, you know, the whole campus experience and everything like that. And I, I honestly didn't know that as much as I, I liked doing it, I, I didn't know necessarily that I wanted to do it. Um, sure. You know, I like that, that I wanted that to be my life. I mean, I, I, you know, I was very glad that I did it in my life, but you know, more as an extension of a hobby. And I just didn't know, you know, if that's what I wanted my life to be. Um, so, you know, I made the decision to just, you know, focus on other things and go to college and, you know, decide what I wanted to do from there. Um, but I, you know, in a way, in a way, the, in a way, the energy of that never really leaves you, even if you don't necessarily think you want to do it as a career. And, you know, there are, there are a lot of reasons not to do it as a career, but you know, that, of course, that whole yeah. kind of creative energy doesn't really leave you. So, I mean, I think, you know, what I've settled on in my life is kind of a good, I don't want to say compromise because not compromise, but it's a good, no. you know, way to sort of keep those energies alive, but not have the crazy life that, you know, is of being an actor. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I was, I don't know that I was cut out for it. I don't know that I would have wanted it that badly. You know what sure. I'm saying? Um, I do. I do. You know, they say that a lot about actors and actresses, whatever, you know, that if you can imagine yourself doing anything else other than that, then you shouldn't do it because it just, that lifestyle is so insane. But I think the success that you have found now doing what you're doing, that's another way to direct that creative energy, right? Yeah, to channel it, to channel it. Yeah. You know, in a way that's more, I guess, up my alley or, or something like that, you know. I so, don't want to spend my life, like, running to auditions. I, yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I park my know? car? How do I get from here to there, you know, to go audition and all the struggles? Am I going to get a call back or not? I think there's a lot more safety but the industry is really i mean a lot i mean yes a lot more has moved here 
post Bloomberg and tax incentives and stuff like that. But still, um, you know, you have that. I mean, that's the other thing you have to be in LA, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, if it's just a numbers game, you know, in LA, you're going on like four or five auditions a day and in New York, like you're not, um, cause there's not as much, you know, I mean, maybe if you're modeling, you are, but, um, there's just not as much here. Um, but yeah, the, you, you know, I thought of that when you were saying about a car and like changing in the car <laughs> and things <laughs> like that. I mean, I've gone to like hotel bathrooms and stuff and change. That's always fun. But yeah, um, <laughs> you can't really change in taxis. That's a little, that's no. a little loose, but yeah. <laughs> not, not so much. So how do you find time to do all this? What is a day in the life of Melissa like? Yeah, it's different every day. It's different every day, which is a little weird because I'm, I'm not someone who loves change. You know, I'm very much. It's funny, I was reading something about my sign. I'm a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I couldn't be less like one because it was saying, I always welcome change. And I'm, I'm like, no, 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 hell to the no. Um, I, re- you know, I really do sometimes react not well to change. But it really is kind of different every day. I mean, I could be showing an apartment early in the morning. A lot of times, that's when people like to see an apartment, I, you know, right after they drop their kids off from school or something like that. And then sometimes go to a press breakfast and then maybe either go home or go to a coffee shop and do some work, do some editing, post, engage. And then maybe I have to show another apartment or maybe there's another press review or something like that. Shoes. Oh, and of course, shoot, see, I'm forgetting stuff already because it is different every day. So, you know, I have shoes, I plan shoots. Um, for my content. So, um, so there's that. I mean, that's not every day, obviously, but, um, you know, whenever it is. And then um, bring my port, make sure I bring my portable charger if I'm not going home, you know, for a while. And um, then often go to another event or two. And then I usually end the day either with cocktails with my friends or dinner with my husband or both and then come home and like collapse. Well, but actually, I mean, collapse, but I have to work too because (laughs) I have to put things together and, and like create my grid and, you know, put up Instagram stories and, you know, send things. I mean, I'm already forgetting things because throughout the day I have to be responding to emails and, and different things like that. And the other thing is it's a little bit harder for me because I get car sick. So a lot of people will do a lot, you know, send out, return a lot of emails in cars, taxis, Ubers, whatever. And I try to, but like, you know, I'm on the second one and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't, I gotta, (laughs) you know, so um, I can't really get much done in the car, which is not, I wish I could because that would save me a lot of time. But I I really, for the most part, yeah. Um, so, so that's it. I, I feel like I'm forgetting things, you know, then, you know, go over contracts and invoices, things, I mean, all sorts of things, but, um, because it's different every day, I'm, I'm forgetting things, but those, I think I've touched on most of the elements. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also like to, yeah. I also like to work with brands that kind of reflect what my, you know, real life is to an extent. So, I mean, the fact that I, work two jobs so to speak you know whether it's a a beauty brand that creates very um on the you know kinds of pairs it down and creates on the go things you know that like a highlighter that you can also use as 
say, a lip, you know, when you're going out at night, you know, something that can transform from day to night. And I also look for brands and fashion that are very user-friendly in that respect. So, you know, because then it's, it's, you know, rings more true to me and it's more authentic. So, um, I mean, it, it doesn't always work out perfectly that way, but I mean, that's kind of what I have in mind when I'm, when I'm looking at things. So, so uh, yeah, that's very cool. So, you do this a lot. I imagine there has to be something that keeps you going, that keeps the creativity going. What do you do when you're not feeling creative? Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so cool, yeah. What are you saying? I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. So what am I doing? Well, so if you're not feeling, there's, I think, a certain level of creativity that you have to maintain. You're always having to come up with new ideas. What do you do when you're not feeling it, when you're not feeling creative, when you just kind of are at a wall? How do you snap out of that? I usually just take a break. (laughs) It usually means I've been like getting, I'm getting tunnel vision kind of just taking a break and then coming back so I can see the forest from the trees or just not be so anxious. I mean, I, I think that's, everyone's different but for me I feel like that's the biggest source of my hitting the wall is just burnout so I really just have to take a break which is kind of why I'm looking forward to this weekend yeah um, yeah not sure total not that it's gonna be a total break for me but I mean I can you know somewhat <laughs> which is you know I'm I'm I am gonna turn off for a bit and that so that you know and that's just for like basic sanity Sure. You have to. And, you know, everyone's going to be different too in how much you need to. And sometimes you're going to need to do that more than others. Um, but that's, you know, especially if you're just not having the greatest day or greatest week, you know, maybe you didn't get that deal you really wanted or, or you know, whatever it is. Like, you just have to, no, you know, just step away from it for a bit I mean I feel like that is really key because if you just you look at something too much you know it's, it's not good yeah yeah I think too that what we see from the outside is all of the glitz and glamour and all of that but <laughs> but it's a real job right like it's but not that, just yeah. I mean, at the, you know, on the one hand, if it looks that way, then we're doing a good, I mean, of course, you know, you want to be accessible too, but in a way we're, we're doing a good job if it looks, I guess, effortless. But, um, I mean, as you've probably noticed, there's definitely been more of an effort, um, especially on stories and to a certain, uh, to a certain extent on the feed as well, you know, just in blogs, if people happen to be more transparent about that it's not like such and such but yeah I mean the thing is you know you see someone I mean that's kind of the biggest I suppose hidden challenge of it is that things that and also because we're mainly putting out there you know being on vacation being out to dinner um or brunch at an event you know something that people generally file under recreation right Mm -hmm. so that's what we're posting but 
for us, it's work because we're working to create the perfect content around, you know, when someone else goes on vacation, they're not, quote, working. When we have go on vacation, when we go to brunch, to an event, you know, a cocktail event, dinner and stuff, it's work. So our work is normal people's play. So I think that is why people have this conceived notion that it's not work because what we're putting out there is not, we're not putting pictures of ourselves in the office. We're, you know, posting things, pictures and videos of things that traditionally are supposed to be fun things, right? But obviously, since we're creating it as content, work goes into creating it so it's something that people want to see. I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. Which brings me to my next question. So Instagram has been around for a while and really has become this thing. Do you think that there is a shelf life for it as far as people like yourself? And and I'm not trying to corner you or or, I'm just curious because. No, I mean, you have to think you'd be an idiot not to think about it. I mean, I definitely have been trying to build an offline presence because no, I mean, I mean, I don't think like it's going to, you know, like when people used to talk about the world ending or, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't really think it's in danger, but I mean, you just, first of all, I just think it behooves you anyway to not depend on one thing. Sure. Um, obviously, obviously it's a huge thing and huger than anyone I think ever could imagine. So, I mean, certainly I'm not like poo-pooing in any way or whatever, but um, I think it would behoove anyone to develop an offline. I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. I'm sort of, leveraging my social media presence to build something offline that ultimately will be able to survive offline without the support of Instagram. Uh-huh. But hopefully it's sort of like a chicken or egg thing, I guess, but ho- but the social media is useful in that without that, I wouldn't be able to build an offline presence, but hopefully yeah. eventually the offline presence, like like a, a child in a womb or placenta or whatever, will be able to, I don't know why I just thought that, will be able to survive like on its own without that. Like, no, that's support, a perfect you know analogy. Yeah, that's, it's like YouTube. <laughs> um, placenta, we're going to yeah. put that as the, that's going to be the title of the episode. No, I'm kidding. So, well, it's like YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> people would listen. They'd be like, Oh wow. Um, so it's like YouTube. Like when it first came out, it was like this thing. And then I, I don't understand the YouTube world, but now it seems like a lot of these old school YouTubers like, you know, Colleen Ballinger, or I don't know. They're, they're, that's the first one that comes to mind or, uh, you know, I, there's, I can't even think of the names, but they have these massive followings. Like, so here's I kind of, I don't know, this is kind of a stream of consciousness here, so forgive me. But, you know, there's this thing where, you know, there's monetization and now they're changing the rules to monetize and now they're only allowing certain things to be on there and other things they're demonetizing. That I guess that's kind of my thought process with the whole Instagram thing. Like, I know that's changed a few times as well. So that's kind of where that question comes from. So you would say the biggest key is to try and build a presence outside of social media, right? Like a brand. I think so. I mean, I think that's 
smart. I mean, I think that's, you know, I think any, it's just like common sense, I would think. Yeah. And I don't follow the drama that goes on with all of that nonsense. I try and stay away from it. But I guess recently there was a YouTube star, like the mail maker. Oh, that whole net thing. Mark Johnson. Yeah. And he did this to her and then he lost 3 million followers and it was like a whole big deal. How do you like, how do you deal with all? That just sounds so catty and dumb. Like I don't even, I, I, I I didn't even really bother to follow most of it because honestly, things like that just give me a headache. I'm like, this is so sure. These are adults. Supposedly this is so juvenile. I have never experienced. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe the YouTube world is different, but it it just seems like, yeah, I I can't even follow it. Like, honestly, it gives me a headache. Yeah. The only reason I even knew about it was because Joe Rogan talked about it. And so I was like, huh, I didn't even know who any of these people were. But anyway, it's nonsense. Right. Um, I know. I mean, when, I feel like when these things happen, it's always just like to get attention and go viral. I mean, maybe sure. I'm, you know, but, um, but yeah. And so what are some I of the biggest to- mistakes? Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You kind of disappeared there for a second. I, I apologize. Oh, okay. So what are some of the mistakes that you see? influencers make that that you wish you could go hey don't do this don't do that like is this something that anybody can do or there's a certain gift to have so to speak to do it like what are some best best practices that you have learned uh to kind of make this whole thing work for you gosh i don't want to say it's a certain gift but i mean that sounds you know um i mean i think it might be a certain you know, you, you know, in terms of timing, you know, but um, I think mistakes that I see influencers make, um, I mean, first of all, just in in general, I think, I mean, it, it depends where you are in your life, I guess, but, you know, if you're just getting into this and you have, say, another full-time job or a part-time job or, or you're doing something else, I mean, I, I was, I wouldn't so hastily jump into this full time. I, I, I mean, at some point, you know, you have, I mean, a lot of people feel that they have to, but I mean, I'm just saying like, I wouldn't totally jump the gun with that, but that I don't, I don't, in terms of content, um, do you mean, or just in terms of strategy or what, strategy, I mean, what like any of it, like just the whole idea of being an influencer. So for like myself, like, from the outside in. I mean, I would say, I mean, I would say, I mean, and then again, this is hard. This is hard because, you know, money is money or whatever. But I mean, I, you, you want to be mindful. I mean, some people just look like they take every offer that comes to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's like one thing, one day and one thing totally unrelated the next. And then one thing that like, you know, that they're not, really into and I mean to a certain extent we know but it's like there are degrees of authenticity and 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 sometimes it just looks so weird you know and it's like well who are you mm-hmm. um and I think you know it's it's hard because a job is a job but I think it you know hurt you know I think it hurts people in the long term and um you you want to have an eye towards. I mean, the goal I think for any of us is to have long term contracts 
with brands because, um, you know, just for your audience, I mean, that's the best way to build, you know, true growth and long-term engagement and trust. And, you know, in, ta- in terms of conversion and things like that, if, if that trust is built, obviously your conversion is going to be better because conversion, I mean, sometimes brands have to realize this is not like going to happen overnight. You have to be exposed to something. I think they say an average of seven times, you know, whatever it is. So if, if you have a long-term relationship with the brand, then you build that trust and then those sales will come. But it's not really realistic most of the time for that to come from a one-off. So if you're just doing like every one-off deal that you take this in like com- completely all over the place, then, you know, I think, I think you're hurting yourself and the trust of your audience in the, in the long term. And I, I can't really see that your ROI is going to be anything of value that's going to, that brands are going to value, you know, when the time for partnerships where more is at stake come around, I don't think they're going to come to you because it's just going to like be odd. It's not going to be a fit. Like they're not going to see, you know, a benefit. So, I mean, I would say that is, um, you know, I would say that's a mis- tactical mistake. Yeah. Wow. It, it's just, it's, but it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I hard to imagine. just like turn down, you know, but, you know, sometimes you have to like think more long term. Um, but, and, and also, I mean, not everyone has that luxury all the time, you know, so I mean, maybe it's a balance. Maybe you take like, one or two like just pure money you know but like just you know everything in moderation don't overdo that like sure you know if there's something you really need to take because you're like okay this is a little like not me but look it's you know gonna you know i'm putting this back into the business i need that you know what i mean like you know but like in moderation yeah wow it, it just all of it seems so foreign to me when I when I watch all of this whether it's you or I don't know there's so many people out there just maintaining all of it just seems it really is a full-time job and I think that's important for people to understand and again because like I said like the things that look like not work you know like the brunches and the social things are and I think that's that's why people don't think it is because it's things that look like leisure that are you know in our traditional western lives are classified as leisure activities so that's what we're putting out there. But work goes into creating, you know, you know, you go to brunch and everyone thinks you're nuts because you're sitting there, you know, getting the right angle. You know, you're not eating your food for 10 minutes and like all of that. And everyone's looking at you. I mean, maybe people are kind of used to it at this point. I mean, you know, it's funny. Certain places are so into ubiquitous now. Like if you go to a certain place, like say while we were young in New York City or just certain places where they have really good avocado toast or whatever that like they're totally used to it but you know most restaurants especially you know where I live in New York it's not you know I'm not downtown so it's a little bit not that crowd they look at you like you're from another planet (laughs) so um but you know girls gotta do what they gotta do so um but yeah and and you know when you're on vacation especially you know if you say you're partnering with a hotel like you're not just sitting there eating bonbons or drinking pina coladas. I mean, you can, but then you have to get like that perfect shot of it. So, I mean, you know, you have to do all the tech and, you know, all the things that you have to do 
and, and your obligations because, you know, we have obligations. So that's why there's such a misconception that it's not work because the things we're creating are usually of things that are considered leisure activities. Um, wow. You know, we're not taking pictures of ourselves, like, I don't know, sweating out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why. <laughs> Um, it's a really big deal. It really is. And I think that's another thing that people need to understand from one of the points of this interview is that it's a really big deal. If someone's paying you a certain amount of money to do something, you want to do the best job possible, right? Right. You have an obligation. You have an obligation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been at restaurants where I've said, crazy, where I've said, oh, can you, <laughs> can you, it's so embarrassing can you sit me at that table instead? Because it was a place where some of the tables had wooden count, had like a not that great for photographs countertop. It was like a dark wood, not like a nice mahogany wood, but just kind of like a, a wood that looked like a bar. And then others was like a really nice marble one. So I was like, Oh, can you switch me to that one? It's like, <laughs> you know, you're a pain in the ass, but it's like, I'm, I'm trying to fulfill my, my, it's like what you would all want. So, I mean, I'm just trying to f fulfill my obligations best I can. Yeah. Love it. Love Those it. That, yeah. Or so, can you bring the food out yeah. all at once? <laughs> and um, the waiter's going, oh my God, what's happening here? They don't understand yeah. completely what it is that you're trying to do. So one last question here. I mean, you do so many amazing things, you know, real estate, you're an influencer, you have, um, you know, your, your travel blog that you run, all of that. What, like, what would be, if there's somebody listening who wants to do this or is interested in kind of doing something, any one of these things, like what is some of the best advice that you could give for somebody starting out that wants to do this like yourself, maybe as a full-time job or how to do that? Or is that even possible? Well, first of all, I mean, it really depends what stage you are in your life, right? So, I mean, I, I would say um, if you're, you know, if, if you're young, like if you're right out of school, then, and I mean, and of course it depends, like, you know, are you still being somewhat supported by your parents? If you're like 21, 22, you know, or, are, are you a bit older and, you know, having to support yourself, you know, so it's not like a one in, it's not like a, all in one answer but I mean if you're very young I would say um and you know you maybe have a bit of a cushion I guess I'm a, you know I would say get you know intern wherever you are um wherever your market is to you know make those connections because I mean ultimately that in terms of you know getting brand deals and things like that you want to be out there I mean, I think in the digital world, we're so used to thinking of everything just in the hiding behind your phone way, but it's still, I mean, fashion will always be, and I mean, I say fashion as a catch-all, you know, whether it's beauty or, you know, travel or hospitality or whatever, you know, it will always be a networking business. So um, I would say that's a really, you know, you and you, plus you immerse yourself with brands, you, you know, you you know, just even little things like reading WWD every day and, and, you know, you get familiar with who's taking over what and you just kind of like are, are immersing yourself in, in the industry, mm -hmm. you know, and, 
and then seeing what you like. And then from that, like where you like to work and stuff like that, you know, that gives you an idea of who you'd like to do brand work for in the future. And then it also, you know, because you're not just doing this in a vacuum, you're also, you know, having a job, so to speak, and, and bringing something of yourself into it. Sure. So you're, you know, and especially now with Instagram stories and stuff and just bringing more of your personality into it. And I mean, by personality, I just mean like your experience, what you're doing every day. Um, so I think something like that can, you know, is really a good idea to do. Um, if you're at a bit of a later stage in life and you don't really have the luxury of doing something like that, then, you know, you can use whatever job you have, you know, whatever it is, um, as again, as a way to like bring your uniqueness to it. Um, you know, I mean, there are people who are doctors who do this and they're different because that's who they are. And then they have also a following of people who are MDs and things like that, who are looking, sure. you know, looking to those people. So it can be to your advantage. I mean, first of all, I mean, I just wouldn't like, give up whatever job you have for, for financial reasons, because I mean, you have to be prepared for, you know, a couple of years to, you know, break even at that. So, um, don't quit, you know, whatever, don't quit your day job, whatever it is that you're doing. Just for the heck of I mean, it. First, but, you know, I mean, for practical reasons, first of all, but also just because that's, you know, that's what you're going to bring. That's what's going to mm-hmm. distinguish you anyway, because, there are how many of us and you know, you have to bring your experience to it because it's not the content we're creating. That's revolutionary. I mean, we're all kind kind of more or less doing the same thing, but it's what you're bringing to it. That's going to be different. So um, I would just, I would just keep those outside experiences. Um, And if you're young, like I said, you know, if, if you're in an age or in a position where you're able to, in turn and really immerse yourself in that industry, then that's something I would definitely do because it'll really serve you well when you get to that point of, you know, targeting who you want to work with and things like that um, and making those connections in, in whatever market you happen wow. to be in. That's some solid yeah. advice. Thank you so much, Melissa. I think that is very important and I appreciate your honesty and just your candor in our conversation today, I just like, it's a real deal. You know, this isn't just something that is fun for the moment and you have to be thinking forward as far as what to do next and how to be prepared. And you have to, you know, you have to know if you really want to do it. I mean, it's because I I do feel like the people that who persevere eventually things, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like acting in that way. The people who persevere, eventually you will see, start to see things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but the perseverance is obviously, you know, in ratio or a reflection of how much you really, really, really want it. Um, but I, I, again, I guess that like, you know, if if you don't want it that badly, I guess then you quit. And then the people who do stick around and then, you know, they eventually see things. So, I mean, I, I guess if you do want it badly enough and, you know, you're willing to persevere and do whatever it takes to get there you know, you'll see things. I mean, you might not see exactly what you want, but you will see a return. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because there is, I mean, like any, like any creative industry, there's attrition. So, I mean, sure. if you, if you, 
survive that attrition, that's like more than half the battle, I would say. Well, even like with this podcast, you know, starting out interviewing my friends and now a year or so later, I'm interviewing you, I'm interviewing other celebrities, influencers, entrepreneurs. It's just, you have to put the hard work in, right? You can't just expect to, I mean, I guess there are overnight successes, but I think it's it's not the norm. That's the other, that's, okay, so this is the other thing that I think it's better to be honest about because I feel like you feel worse if you're not honest about it. Not everyone is on an equal playing field. So if no. you see someone who's like jumping ahead of you, like in, a, I mean, first of all, of course, I mean, you really shouldn't try to, but I mean, look, we all look, I mean, we, we all live in this, in the real world. So, I mean, we see things, right? <laughs> Um, and especially us, I mean, we have to be on our phone like 24 hours a day. So, I mean, you can't avoid it, but at the same, so if you see someone, you're like, God, that is, you know, they've really like had this meteoric rise. Yeah. You know, their father is probably like CEO of, you know, whatever. I'm not going to name, you know, I mean, honestly, it probably is something like that. And I mean, I think we should be honest about that because honestly, something like that makes me feel better because it's saying, well, there's a very clear explanation for that. It, it, you're not not where you should be. It's just you don't have a mommy or daddy who, like, runs something that can just get you into things. But for sure. us normal people, the pace is going to be much slower. So I do think, like, not everything is equal. And, the, yeah, there are going to be people who have crazy, crazy advantages. And they're going to, like, have a crazy rise because, you know, they're connected in some way. And that's just like, I mean, that's in any industry in the world, you know, not just this. So, I mean, you, you accept that and then you say, well, okay, for people in like relatively normal positions, you know, this seems to be like, this seems to be progressing fine, uh-huh. you know, but if you don't acknowledge that certain people or certain examples are, you know, examples of extreme nepotism, you're just going to feel bad if you say, oh, well, that person started where I did and look how fast they got. Well, no, it's not a reflection of you. It's just a reflection of your situation isn't quite as advantageous. So calm down, you'll get there. (laughs) But like, you're not going to get there as fast as someone with like a a Kardashian (laughs) or whatever, you know? Yeah. Or or, or Kris Jenner as, as a stage mother. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny so well, yeah i think you need to be honest about those things you know with other people and with yourself like no of course there's not an equal playing field like grow up like that's not how the world works that but that's fine so you'll get there you're just not going to get there at like a you know crazy pace wow well how can people find you melissa vale you're amazing thank you so much how can people connect with you let's talk about your socials and if people want to reach out to you or learn more about you or see you. Of course. And always things that you're doing and always DM me. And I also have my email in my bio and you know, anyway. And, um, my handle is Melissa D as in Danielle, my middle name Vale. So Melissa D Vale. And my blog is the Melissa Vale, so it's com, and my Facebook is the Melissa Vale. There you have it. And all of this, folks, will be available in our show notes when the episode goes live. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me here today. I really, really do appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun talking to you. All right. Thanks so much for being a part of today's episode. That was Melissa Vale. She is an influencer. She's a blogger. She's a real estate mogul. She does it all. All of her information will be available in the show notes. And that brings today's episode to a close. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until next time, let somebody know that you love them and let them know that you care. That brings today's episode to a close. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a kind rating and review. It really does help. Until next time, cheers and be well.